I know what being in that difficult life in my world around food looks like. And I, and I, and I had that for such a long time. If I can help somebody get over it earlier than I did, because I was in my mid fifties, that's what I want to do. And that feeling of taking somebody from that horrible place to a much nicer place and sort of sitting back and thinking, God, oh, you know, I had, I had a part to play in that is the most wonderful feeling. Today, we've got the absolute pleasure of speaking to one of life's fabulous people. It's Laurie Weber. She is the founder and owner of the Mindful Eating Clinic. There's a few things we're talking about that really blew us away. The fact that she said yes to everything and she shares some of the amazing things that have happened to her. The fact that this desire to help people may have been there for her entire life and how 40 years of disordered eating have gone into you know who she is today and why she's now helping other people with mindful eating clinic before we get started everything you need to know about laurie is in the description below and please do subscribe to our podcast it would really be appreciated as we grow and we get more guests on for you to listen to laurie thank you so much for joining us today and um, with this is our podcast we are celebrating regular people achieving remarkable things because we think sometimes we focus so much on the mind-blowing amazing things we forget the uh you know the remarkable achievements from regular people i've said that too much anyway let's start with what are you trying to achieve whether that's with your life or your business the mindful eating clinic we'd love to know what you're trying to achieve oh thank you well, let's start with the clinic. What I want to achieve is to help people, and everybody says that, but specifically in my area, help somebody get from a difficult life to a happier life. And that's because I know what being in that difficult life in my world around food looks like. And I and I, and I had that for such a long time. And I'm sure we'll get into sort of how I got there. But anyway, um, I had that for such a long time. But if I can help somebody get over it earlier than I did, because I was in my mid 50s, that's what I want to do. And that feeling of taking somebody from that horrible place to a much nicer place and sort of sitting back and thinking, God, you know, I had, I had a part to play in that is the most wonderful feeling. I mean, it's very emotional for me with everybody and of course everybody's experience is different everybody's issues are different and I I really like the challenge and the need to be creative so using all the tools that I've got to try and think right how do I need how do I work with this person what order do I need to give it to them how do I need to express it what language works for them what style works for them every single time I'm online with someone it has to, I have to go through that process and I have to think on my feet and I really love that that whole connection with them and then to get a text halfway th through the week that says you know I've had this light bulb moment I've had this and I just go oh it's just amazing just amazing and of course they're doing they're doing the work I'm just providing a roadmap I'm giving them ideas I'm trying to explain things to them so that that it so that it perhaps makes more more sense so it's a it's a, a work a piece of work now that sort of um encapsulates really all the things that I've done in my professional life and also my own experiences it's just it's it's a, a dream it's a real dream okay. to be doing it no, I love that. Um, I've got a question on that, though, because I we, we know a lot of people who genuinely, and include us in this, where the, that one of the first things they would say is, I want to help people, right? We do. We genuinely want to help people achieve stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but my question is, what stops you 
exiting the period of your life that was a bit more challenging, if that's okay, and not going, well, thank God for that, done, dusted, I'm off into the sunset to sit on a beach in Barbados. What, what, what's the kind of mindset to go, actually, I'm going to help others because, you know, what, what, what's, how's that bit work? Because I make it emotional. Um, because it was so, it was so incredible to have finally done it and to have got there. Um, and I'm not the quietest of people. So <laughs> met me through any digital circus activities will know that and I, I and I just couldn't I couldn't sit still because I thought I probably thought I was never gonna get over it so I I just had this incredible drive to start shouting about it start shouting about what I'd managed to achieve and that then picked up some traction and I realized that there was an opportunity yeah, and I started off just doing it as an amateur thing in the background. Um, and and I think just the, the fact that because I'd always been in a training stroke coaching environment, I'd always wanted to take people from A to B. So that was a natural progression. It wasn't as if I did a completely unrelated job. Um, so I think, I think it was just a pull, you know, to say to people well you can do it look I did it after 40 years can flipping well do it then anybody can do it I agree so if you don't mind me asking so you're happy to share you you spent 40 years living with disordered eating yeah do that's in, right yeah in, in, in a time when when you first realized that you had a, an, an unhealthy relationship with food do you were there and I'm because I assume not because obviously we went 40 years through this, the, the the types of support out there to help people like yourself, was it there or, or was it that you just weren't looking for that support at that time? I don't think I recognise that it was a, I don't, a real issue, I think. It was um, something that was uncomfortable um, and it went from periods of being very extreme, sort of being managed for periods of a few months or whatever. Um, I think so in those days so I was born in 62 and and it, and it started when I was about 16 and so at that time anorexia was talked about a lot eating disorders was really were fairly confi confined to um, anorexia and I think bulimia was probably talked about but it but there wasn't the sharing then I mean we didn't even have computers we didn't have mobile phones you know so there was no sharing of stuff so unless you happen to read it in the newspaper or there was an interview on the television you know that 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 kind of presence just didn't exist no and there's so, no guaranteeing so, that that information sorry there's no guaranteeing for that information you're reading consuming was even factually correct back then so no apologies sorry Laurie. no 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 so so you know we're looking at the late 70s early early 80s so I think anyone that was that was suffering in a way that I did and I realized now I had binge eating disorder but I had an anorexic voice it's all quite complicated but but so so basically I had an anorexic driver to be much much thinner than I was but that manifested itself in binge eating um so but anyway yes yeah, so so at the time there there wasn't and I think possibly one of the reasons why I wasn't really able to help myself until I did at the time was that 
you know, even moving through the 20, 30 years with it, there were other things going on. So I was sort of managing my career and my children. And it was just a narrative in my life that I, I, I had accepted. And I think that's what happens with lots of people with lots of things perhaps in their life that they don't address. You know, that's my lot. It's okay. I'm managing my weight up and down through binge eating and then starving and all this kind of thing. Um, and, but, but then as I got older, then there was more stuff out there. I realized that I was getting to this 40 year old landmark of, of having had it in my life. Um, and I just thought, hang on a minute. You know, rumor has it that you're an intelligent woman. You're okay. You're okay. Right. You've had, <laughs> you've had, you know, some pretty good career experiences. Come on, surely you can do it. And there was, there was some sort of conversation just starting about intuitive eating and um, loads more books, much more research out there. And so I think, you know, the whole thing just sort of collided to enable me to, to, to um, do it. It's not to say that my life hasn't been happy because my life has been yeah. fantastic, you know, and full of the most incredible professional opportunities um, so I don't want to focus, you know, on this, like, like I have my head in my hands all the time because I didn't, it was just a narrative, but I'm so glad that I, I'm now over and it's created this, this final career for me, which will be my final career. I want to devote as much time compass mentors as I have to, you know, touching as many people with these ideas and my techniques and my approach and my experience as I possibly can. Do you think you'll ever retire? No. What's that look like? <laughs> Only because we've had this conversation I mean, I, several, several times in the last I mean, I, well, I mean, retire. So I am stepping back from the business that's occupied 20 to 25 years of my life prior to the clinic, um, which I've been running in, in tandem, which has been really quite, quite challenging trying to balance the two because the clinic actually started during lockdown. During lockdown, this other business that I'm mentioning, which is corporate training and coaching, completely stopped. And I didn't really know how it was going to pick up again or whether it would. And of course, inevitably, with everybody, you know, being off um, off training sites and not face to face. Once lockdown ended and everybody started to pick up, you know, the phone and the email started started ringing and said, "Oh, can you come back and do some do some training?" So I must admit, the last eighteen months or so have been pretty pretty heady, trying to balance the corporate clients, which means traveling to Europe quite a lot of the time. When I live in the sticks, so it takes me a whole day to get anywhere. Uh, but also really wanting to show up for my my clients so I'd be getting to a hotel in I don't know Italy or Netherlands or somewhere and have a zoom call booked to eight o'clock and the flight's delayed and then I'm and I get there and then the hotel wi-fi doesn't work and it's but but not wanting to impart any of that to my clients because that face it's not their problem yeah you not know? Their problem. I'm trying to juggle 25 balls in the air at the same time um so it has been quite challenging and that's actually led me to the decision now to pick up on your question about retiring to scale back hard on my personal delivery within my other business, which is Perfect Pitch Coaching, 
but I'm lucky enough that I've met loads of fantastic other trainers and I'm trying to create now more of an associate model for that for that business so I'm delegating so sorry yeah well I've got a thousand thoughts for coming back from the answer to my very first question 10 minutes ago all the way through so I want to pick up on this 80s 90s world early 2000s the pre pre pre-connected world where like actual factual answers we believe started coming out and it, you know i remember when the atkins diet came out and the the how popular the atkins atkins diet was really shows how many people were having a problem with their their weight their body what wh- whatever you, you yeah. you're the one to answer that and it just shows the popularity of those at their time and then when we did start to connect in this fantastic i believe modern world then you start actually knuckling down to the real causes the real issues and brilliant Mm. people like you come along and I think you said something about like the ability to do this in this modern world which Mm. really is allowing you to run these two businesses and run the mindful eating clinic from Italy at eight o'clock for a zoom which I think which is a fantastic place to be absolutely I mean it is is incredible and it's so portable now I mean work in general is so portable and I would sort of say to anybody if you think your world is only face to face you know just think about how you might be able to expand it because it gives you so much freedom you know yeah. to be able to connect with people in a in a different and often of so much more immediate immediate way but yeah. to your point about about Atkins yes I think that the the symptom of um of, the, of that of that period was that all we had was books mm. really it wasn't it wasn't easy to get into any other research and and so the only thing that we thought was going to help disordered eating which is largely a psychological and a nutritional issue was to go on a diet and largely it doesn't fix either no. but that's all we had oh god we had the f plan we had Atkins, we had the south beach we i mean you know was Don't it, get me started. Wasn't like, the F plan on Shirley Valentine? That was something very different, if I remember from that film. Smile away. Smile away. <laughs> smile away, exactly. But you know, but but no, it's um it's been a great, it's been a great life. I'm 61 hear, year life. Yeah. And you're doing incredible things. And you said 61, that's incredible. I'm curious, going back to you talking about perfect pitch alongside the mindful eating clinic. And I think for many people who might be listening or watching right now, that we may all be doing things parallel side by side in terms of having one job, whether that be a paid employment or a... Or the kids, or you're balancing young children. you found the balance? And I appreciate you just said that you are scaling back perfect pitch. Mm. How have you found the balance in order to get to that point where you are confident in the place and that mindful that the mindful eating clinic has got to to say actually do you know what I can step my foot off the gas with per- perfect pitch where mm. how did that what did that line look like to you and was it a scary decision to make knowing that you've been quite I say comfortable in terms of with the with mm. the, cor- the corporate clients coming through the door and, mm. and 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 what that looks like to you to say actually no I'm confident that the mindful eating clinic is the thing for me now well, yes, it is. Um, I think it's partly about looking at, you know, can I actually sustain it financially? Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of questions around, well, what do I really need? Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between what do I want, what do I need? I mean, I'm fortunate in that I'm at the stage in my life where I haven't got massive 
commitments financially. I mean, my children both self-supporting, which is which is great. My son Harrison and my daughter Phoebe, they're quite set up. They've got great partners, um, you know. Um, but I so so I sort of looked at what I really, really need. I mean, I am very fortunate in that I can keep the perfect pitch business going. And so it's not like cutting it off completely. I mean, it's not the same as me getting out there delivering. Anybody who knows that that world, you know, there's a, a big, big difference to taking a little mar margin and actually doing the work yourself. Mm. But I kind of thought, well, actually, I, I've been very overwhelmed. I've felt very kind of torn and and pushed and pulled about. And I and the, the minute I got to that point where I felt like I was chasing my tail and in my head, I thought I was maybe just getting away with it, mm. which is which is I don't think is how anyone on the receiving end feels. But at the end of it, I, you know, I was kind of oh. Okay, 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 good. But it's only because in that moment the adrenaline kicks in, you know, and I go, okay, da, 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 da. and that hour is really good and focused. But then I come off it and I was getting increasingly tired. And I thought, right, you cannot do both. You absolutely cannot do both. And so having done the corporate stuff for over 20 years, in fact, it's my own business's 20th anniversary this year. In Congratulations. October. That was also, it's, I also have a thing about, thank you. I also I have a thing about numbers, don't I? 20, 40, you know, being a bit of a catalyst for um, change. I thought, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Worst that can happen is I don't have any clients for three months and I may be, you know, go calling back to one of my clients and I say, actually, do some delivery this month, please, because it's all got a little bit tricky. I mean, I, I've I've always been very optimistic. I've always had an it'll be fine mentality, which I think I was born with. I get probably from my, my late mother, who was amazing. Um, and I think that just means that I throw myself into things. Um, so I've had all sorts of opportunities that have just come up and I've not really said no to anything apart from starting to say no to the corporate clients over the last year that's on your terms apart from that really yeah you know and as a result I've 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 taught well I was a semi-pro singer for semi-pro all my life I was pro for two or three years I've taught singing in school um, I've gone out on the circuit doing karaoke with a little box and a microphone. Um, I've I've worked in professional golf. I've worked in Formula One motor racing. I've worked in other events. I've worked in marketing. I've taught English abroad in France. I've I've done the, all the perfect pitch presentation skills training, and now I'm doing this. You know, so and it's just these little opportunities have just come up, and I just think. You never know what you're going to get out of all these things. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't work. It doesn't matter if you try it for a while and you think this is not for me. You'll still, you still would have gained something. I mean, I know that my ability to talk to 18 to 22 year olds is because I taught singing in secondary school. Yeah. I, I wrote a blog post a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago now actually, about being um how being a generalist is not necessarily a bad thing. And actually you're when when you call yourself a generalist and you replay just like you've just done there, all of the things you've done over a very colourful and amazing life, 
actually, when you look at the skills involved in each and every single one of those roles, there is a connection between them all. And for you, it's people. And you know, with, when you're whether you're teaching singing or teaching English as a foreign language, you're there supporting and helping someone to improve. When you look at the mindful eating clinic, that's exactly what you're doing now, just with that focus on 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 a better relationship with food and helping people to get to that next level. Which then comes back to one of my earlier questions about why are you helping people now? You've always helped people. people. So there is no you're helping people now, whether you're teaching them English, teaching them singing, entertaining them or at an event supporting them from what you're telling us or in your I can't say I have to say um, pitch. Perfect. I, I keep wanting to go pitch, pitch perfect, perfect pitch. Perfect. Perfect pitch. Um, you, you're you're always helping people. you've always had that kind of coaching. So going back to that question. Is there something else in there? Is there, you know, where 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 does that come from? Because we understand where the mindful eating clinic part of helping people comes from, but it's helping people is always there. Yeah, I I suppose it comes from, therefore, principally, a need to connect and a desire to connect and a desire to. I'm not going to use the word. To to actually go on an adventure with someone to have a to have a shared experience maybe it's that to have a shared experience with someone and if I can be a catalyst to make that experience better somehow then perhaps that's what it is my mom was incredibly sociable um and very you know chatty and lively and in fact she's she she and I um joined the local amateur dramatic group in the village where she and my dad were born and went to the same school and his his introduction to her or vice versa I should say was at primary school he sat behind her and she had these long flaps he took up he took both of her in the best <laughs> that's how they that's how they I met that what a brilliant story so 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 actually being on stage from was was my introduction I think to connecting with people and I was talking to a teacher actually at the weekend I went to a wedding down in Bristol and we were talking about the demise of the of the focus on things like music and drama in school if I hadn't gone on the the stage when an ex-boyfriend used to say first one out of town um at age (laughs) age 12 I probably would not have had the career that I've had and so I just think drama and and having that platform to express yourself and to make those connections is just so important and of course then that experience enables you to to speak to people confidently you know, to do podcasts to actually just be just have quite a strong sense of self and it not really matter I think mm-hmm. that comes also with age, actually. It's my age, you don't really care quite so much what anybody thinks. Would you say you've always been confident? Um, always been confident. I think when I am in that situation, when I'm in front of people, yes. Mm. Do I worry about stuff? Hugely. Mm. Do I angst? Do I have imposter syndrome? Yes, a lot of the time. Um, and I think that's very, very common, actually, 
I think very often people who are who appear to be very sort of outwardly, ah, you know, this is me, nothing ever phases me, I'm really confident. In fact, there's a there might be quite a large sort of presence there, large ego, if you like. Mm -hmm. But hand in hand with that, there's very often quite quite low self-esteem. Well, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, sorry, I can't speak. I was about to go, I'm exactly the same. But then it was the low self-esteem part that caught me off guard. And I don't know, I need to think about low self-esteem for me. But the, I agree with you on the other part, because I, I have a, a, a lively persona. But pre... You would never know. Yeah, pre-lockdown. Amazing. I know I used to send Emily to networking meetings or whatever in-person stuff because I couldn't face it I absolutely face it and even this week I went to um, speak like a speaking with Jackie Goddard and on the drive down I found myself getting nervous you know what, what's it going to be like what am I going to talk about you know we know Jackie really well and I know I knew everyone other than one person in that room I still found myself those those old feelings of I'm driving mm. somewhere I've got to go and do something came back to I me. Think also, though, in a situation like, sorry, in a situation like that where you are being put on a pedestal, so to speak, and you're going to be to speak and be vulnerable and talk about something close to you in that environment where there are all eyes on you, it can be quite intimidating. There is that. It's like that age old thing. It's like, oh, you need to meet my friend. They're crazy. They're the life and soul of the party, right? And not that everyone said that about me, but I, I used to feel for that person because that meant they then needed to perform. You know, and what if they just wanted to sit in the corner with a white wine spritzer and have a chat with someone? And it's like, yeah, now and I've got to hold the party up. I also think self-esteem, self-confidence are slightly different. You, you, everyone wouldn't need to listen to to Gail from Enrichment Coaching to understand the difference between those two. But, but um, I think some of that nervousness, I think for myself, it's because I absolutely want to do the best. But I also don't mind admitting I want people to think positively about me. Yeah. I've always had that. That's always been very important to me. Um, so I don't want to muck it up. And I also want to deliver on what they what their expectations are. So it's not the not that I don't think I can do it. I don't think I get that. Actually, I think it's just I have anxiety around it not quite being right or not doing it the best that I can. Um, but, you know, these days I have less and less of that, I think, yeah. which is good. Is there anything um, um, where we're going to start to wrap up in, in a few moments, but is there anything that you would go back to in your younger self and say, if I was to do a do over, was that? I was, there... I was saving that for final. Should we just make this final question? I think we've had a good chat. Okay. Well, no, I was, that was final question time, but. Would you, would you do anything differently to get you to this point where you are today with your business, with the mindful eating clinic as it is today, which is phenomenal by the way. Thank would you. you do anything in the pathway to that phenomenon differently <laughs> i would not change anything that's happened to me i don't really believe in regret i think it's a complete waste of time but what i would have done is done it earlier yeah i'd like to be 40 now and not 60 hmm. but that's okay it is it, you know, even when you we engage all these it's better to have you know done than not done and all of these other amazingly truthful positive things I still sit here and go I'd have loved to have done this 20 years before you know yeah. 10 years before kids or however you are doing it yeah exactly and you're not just doing it you're smashing to... it oh thank you and actually to rationalize that I'd say well 
maybe 20 years ago, I wouldn't have had so much perfect pitch experience, which means I, I don't think I would have been as good. Can I say that? As good as Mm -hmm. I am. And that's, that's my benchmark. No one else's. Um, if I hadn't had those additional 20 years doing other things. Yeah. So there we are. I have one of them. I had, um, I spent seven years, I, I was trying to decide whether to mention names. I will mention that. I spent seven years working for Carphone Warehouse with a sub-brand called Geek Squad, uh, like IT and technical mm. stuff. And if I'm honest, no, I did enjoy that. I had some great times, but that's where I got my commercial training. That's where I became way more commercialized. And 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 actually, if I think back to pre then, um, I would have been giving stuff away left, right and center. Oh, it's OK. We do. You're nice. We do that for free. You know, whereas actually you do need an element of kind of commercialism. OK. Any more questions or should we go with a final question? I've got your final question. Go. Final question. So this is about life. And we do all agree that you can't regret anything. But if you could go back and visit your younger self and kind of, you know, put an arm around the shoulder and go, perhaps a little bit less of that or perhaps a little bit more of this, what would you say to your younger self? You are enough. Oh, good answer. I'm I Good answer, Laurie Weaver. I did. I felt the emotion come up. And then, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you are. And you are enough. And, and I think that all of our listeners can say that you are enough as well. And comparisonitis is a thing. We all, we all have it. We all feel it. We all feel those lows, which is why we really, really, really were keen to do this as a podcast project, because I think so many of us, especially within the digital circus, feel it's challenging it's tough sometimes yeah. it really yeah, is it's, but it's solitary yeah yeah but we are a big family and we love listening to you guys and you're all amazing absolutely remarkable 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 people get it on brand emily right so, laurie thank you so very much for speaking to us today thank you so um, much for inviting me i've loved it it's been an absolute pleasure um even i was welling up by the end but uh you know it's been amazing thank you so much Thank you for listening Thank you for inviting to... me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Digital Circus Live and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks everybody.